welcome to Pamela Private Eye. I've got Shelly with me again today. Hi, Pamela. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Oh my gosh. I am so excited about this one. This is truly, truly one of my very favorites. I call him Wes the Warrior because he was a warrior. He called himself a gentleman thug. Oh, and you called him Wes the Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and Wes is smarter than my average client. Much okay. smarter. He okay. is not more educated but he is really sharp. Okay. And there are times when you'll see it. On this case, we're actually going to have Wes on the episode with us. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going to be able to hear from Wes. Okay. And I'm going to add him in here really quickly. Okay. And get a feel for who he is and and what he was thinking. It'll be besides you and I. Yes. Yeah. So Wes was charged with possession, not charged, but convicted of possession with intent to distribute C4 explosives. You're talking dynamite. It's kind of like dynamite. It's called, it's C4, and we'll go into the, the I'll explain stuff. more. Yeah, the clay mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That blows stuff up. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So they obviously were thinking of him like he's a terrorist. Oh, wow. So very serious stuff, or at least going to sell to terrorists. In this episode, we used actual names, and then I thought better of it because there are some pretty powerful people that would be very upset if we were telling the world what they did. So, in some instances, when we get there, you will hear some random dog bark. He was in federal prison. So, the minute he's convicted, the judge thinks something's really off. He must have. It's a jury trial. I was not involved at okay, that point. Okay, I was going to ask, how did you get into this? It seems to me that you usually are involved before a conviction or a plea bargain. Exactly. Now, he's a convicted prisoner. Yep, in federal. Uh-huh. Okay. So, he's already convicted, and at the end of his trial, the judge says to the lawyer, if you want to request a new trial, I will grant it. That, like, never happens. Wow. I mean, lawyers will request a new trial, and then you're really, really lucky if you get one. Mm-hmm. The minute the jury comes down with their verdict of guilty, the judge offered that. So so some- something didn't feel right. For whatever reason, the judge said, I'll grant you a new trial. Did the attorney act on that? Absolutely. And Wes turns to Corey and he says, what does that mean? The trial was right before Christmas. Corey turns to him and he says, that means you're going home for Christmas. So if the judge is granted a motion for a new trial, that means they have to re-indict you to, so for them you, to hold you in custody again. So you're actually released. You're, yep. And then can they just arrest you as soon as you step out of the courtroom? Nope, because not in federal. Okay. On a state level, they could. In federal, they can't because they have to get a grand jury together in their special grand jury room and present the case again. To indict. Yep, exactly. He has to be re-indicted to be able to do that again. So Corey turns to him and says, you're going to go home for Christmas. They take Wes from the courthouse. By the time he gets to the jail, which was, he was in jail like an hour north of the courthouse. Mm Mm-hmm. By the time he gets to the jail, they tell him he's not getting out because he's been re-indicted. How? Wait a minute. The courts never move that fast. It never moves that fast. So and you're talking about world right happened? before Christmas yeah, come on. that you convened a grand jury. So the prosecutor said, well, what we did is we just called the jurors by phone and told them the case and they indicted him by phone. Is that legal? <laughs> 
Well, it is until someone fights it. So Wes didn't get out of prison. So the judge had granted a new trial. So He's does he still... just stay in jail now or does he go back to prison? Utah does not have a federal prison. Okay. So if an inmate is preparing for trial or has hearings or anything else that they have to be in federal court for, they are held in a county jail. Okay. They had actually put him in a federal halfway house in Salt Lake City. Okay. Initially, he was in jail. Okay. When Corey got the new trial, he called and asked if I would work it. I had just been through some stuff. I'd been sexually assaulted by one of my clients. Oh, yes, I remember this. So I was going through some some stuff, but I needed to work. Sure. I still had to make a living. Sure. And I really love working mm-hmm. with Corey. The judge appointed me to investigate, and we were set for trial in August of so that year. So this is now December. It happens. A new trial is granted, so now you have eight months to build again. Yep. Okay. So they move Wes to a halfway house in Salt Lake City. Okay. Now remember, I had just been sexually assaulted just like five months before that. And my first meeting with Wes is at this halfway house, which is a minimum security facility. So what that means is... Is it all men? It's all men. Oh. This is my first case after that. Scary, scary, scary. Yeah. And I was still like really jittery. To I mean, say prior, the least. Yeah, to say the least. Prior Side to that, I would... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, serious. I could go to jail or prison and meet with clients. And, and we've talked about how right. I would sit across mm-hmm. from them. And all of a sudden, I'm more aware than I've ever, ever been of the dangers that I'm in constantly with right. my job. Mm-hmm. But I had to do this. So I put my shoulders back, held my head up high, told myself, I can do this, and walked right in. So I check in, I give him my ID. It's a secured facility, although it's minimum. There was mm-hmm. like a locked door. And the guy's like, oh yeah, we were expecting you. I go through the door. It was kind of like a big great room kind of a uh-huh. thing. There were some guys that were playing ping pong, some guys watching TV. And I became very aware that as I walked in, I'm the only woman in the room. They all stopped what they were doing to notice, hey, what's this woman doing okay. in here? So I, I can we stop just for a minute and explain? Like, you're a very tiny, blonde, very beautiful woman. <laughs> just walked into a room where all of these men are, and you're scared to death because of the assault. Yeah. So people need to be able to picture what you look like, a little blonde lady walking in fear for the first time. Yeah, and my heart was really pounding. Yeah. Like I said, I hadn't really been aware. I mean, I knew I was in danger before, but this was like a completely new experience for me because now I had realized I'm not invincible right yeah so I asked the guy hey do you guys know where Wes is like yeah he's upstairs now describe this federal house it's kind of a commercial building that they've converted into housing yeah okay so I just start up the steps and here comes Wes down the steps had you ever seen I'd never seen him so I say are you Wes and he said yeah I'm Pamela I'm your investigator Wes is a big tough guy okay He's probably 5'11", 6 feet, mm-hmm. 210, mm-hmm. very, very masculine. Yes. Guys wouldn't mess with Wes. You don't want to meet him in a dark alley. You really don't. Because he will handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he had a private room for us to meet in. Just the two of us. It was mm-hmm. just us and like two folding chairs. Let me get Wes on, on the, the line. Phone. Okay. So 
So Wes is really unique because the way that he talks, uh-huh. he has like this street talk. He's a real tough guy. I'm sure it's just because he's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear him say the F-bomb. He didn't do he's that. He's very respectful. He's very respectful. Love it. For a living, was a repo guy. Okay. He repoed cars. Okay. And he also was a hunting and fishing guide. Gotcha. Right so, up my family alley. Yes, totally. Okay. okay, so let me introduce you. Wes, we have you on the phone live here with us. How are you? I'm doing marvelous. I am truly living the dream. Thank you. I've actually told the story up until when I first met you. You mean a blonde, a blonde, strong babe walking into a men's federal prison facility? Yes. That's a date I'm sure a lot of prisoners will remember. <laughs> I love it. That's and a funny. little tiny blonde. <laughs> yes, but fierce. 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 Yes. Absolutely fierce. Yes. I, I like Badass fierce. They, they send me down into me in private eyes, so I'm thinking it's going to be this big, burly, ugly dude. And all of a sudden, here comes this strong, the way she walked, like the minute I met Pam, Honest to goodness, I had no fear. I was in good hands. The way she carried herself, you could just tell that this girl had it going on. Yep, I agree. As we sat down there, we went through your case, and I was learning as part of this his repo work. When he had a car that he needed to repo, he'd go into the underground world. Mm-hmm. He would take a list of the cars that he was looking for, right. and he'd go into drug houses because those are the guys that knew where this stuff sure was. Sure, they do. And he would say, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can help me locate this car. And in one of those houses, he ran into a young kid named Jesse. And Wes thought that Jesse had potential. He didn't belong there. Right. He was a nice kid. Mm-hmm. He was using drugs. He needed help. And You're Wes rescue him. Yep. And Wes thought, this kid just needs a hand to get out of this world. Mm-hmm. So Wes gave him his card, and he said, you don't belong here. Here's my card. If you ever want to get out, call me. I'll give you a job, and I'll give you a place to live. Oh, wow. Yeah. Impressive, Wes. Awesome. Yeah. Wes is a good guy. Yeah. I do bad things. I'm trying to buy my way into heaven with the good things I do. Ah, I understand that. (laughs) As I start talking to Wes, one of the first things you said to me was, hey, I didn't do this. And you called yourself a gentleman thug. I had never heard anyone talk like that. And he said, but I always try to walk on the side with angels. Mm -hmm. It was so foreign to me. I don't know who this guy is. (laughs) Yeah. But let's see what we've got. So how long after was that that Jesse calls you? Probably two, three weeks. And I'd run into Jesse a couple other times, and I kept telling Jesse, you don't belong around these people. So Jesse's pled out on this charge, and he's in in federal prison in Arizona. Oh, so, okay. And Wes was the co-defendant. Okay. But the judge granted the new trial for Wes. Right. I start talking to Wes and trying to find out, okay, well, if you didn't do this... Because I never know if my clients really did or didn't. Sure. And probably 90% of my clients did what they're accused of. Sure. If they didn't do it, I need them to help me to put the case together. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, so who can verify this? So what happened was, Jesse, three weeks later, shows up at Wes's place and says, hey, I, I want to take you up on that. I want to work for you. And Wes had a house that he was renting in Ogden, a cute little house. He called it a Keebler house, right? Yeah, yeah, because I had a bunch of little doors. It was probably the coolest house I've ever been in. Oh, I love that. You let Jesse live in the basement. Yep. I let Jesse move in the basement with the implicate that no drugs, no weapons, no no scumbags were allowed over at the house. Right. 
But Jesse was just a good kid, and you could tell it. And those guys, he kind of looked up to him, and they kind of took advantage of his, um, his, I hate to say, stupidity. Was he kind of naive? Yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy how talented that kid was doing stuff. It was just crazy. He just needed somebody to give him the confidence. Sure. So as we're going through the case, so what happened? So Jesse moves in with Wes. And he's, how long had he been living there with you, Wes? It had to be like 30 days, but it was right in there. So Jesse's grandpa dies, and his grandpa had been in the military, and as they're cleaning out the grandpa's house and all of his stuff, when they're cleaning out the garage, they find some C4 yeah, explosives. Yeah, I didn't find out any of that uh, after. I think you're the one who told me that. And then one day, Jesse, you know, he showed up with that plastic explosives. Well, he didn't show up at my house. He showed up over at Paul and Nada. Paul and Nada are a couple that are a drug dealing couple. Oh, okay. They're together and they're big time drug dealers in that area. Okay. They were dealing a lot of meth back then. Okay. Jesse shows Wes the C4. Wes tells him, get that shit out of my house. I told you no Mm -hmm. weapons, nothing like, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Because Wes had visitation of his kids every other weekend. Oh, okay. So he's like, hey, I don't want any weapons in here, any drugs, Mm -hmm. nothing, no bad characters. This is a safe place Mm -hmm. for my kids, and it's going to stay that way. As part of Wes's repo, and I think this really could be part of the reason that Wes is later targeted. Wes was so good at doing repos Mm -hmm. that when... Was it the chief of police, Wes? One of their lieutenant wife's car got stolen, and they couldn't find it. He came to my house and asked me if I could see what I could do and it took me less than 24 hours and I had it in my driveway. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Wes is really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And and at first when they saw the car in his driveway, the police actually thought that Wes had stolen stolen it. it. Right. Uh And Wes was like, no, 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 no. I'm recovering it for him. Mm -hmm. Wes was making them look bad on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think they resented. The lady that was in charge of that at that time, I can't remember her name, but she was really ballistic on it. She was, you think you're a cowboy? You think you could get away with all this? You know I could put you in jail right now. And you're like, I'm helping your lieutenant, ma'am. I told him, all the guy, but yeah, it was just, and he showed up. First thing he did is shake my hand, tell me, thank you, thank you. A lot of it also had to do is I had an ex-wife who went and got a badge and a gun. Oh dear! And you mean she went through the police points. academy? She went she, through. She did. She oh, went through the academy. Okay, cam- I so was she like, was, oh my gosh, go she, get a gun. <laughs> she, no, she <laughs> was. Okay. She was. She did uh, it legally. Okay. She was part of the adult probation parole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Went down there at the prison, that point at the mountain, and so gotcha. she was kind of in the system with sure. them. So Jesse, as Wes tells him, get rid of it. Jesse tells him he, that he's gotten rid of it. The next thing Wes knows, just a few weeks later, he's been over to a friend's house. Wes had walked around the corner to see this woman that he was interested in, Mm -hmm. and she had just had a hysterectomy. She had surgery, and so she wasn't feeling well, so Wes went over. It was actually her friend that I was over there with, but to help this lady with her kids. Oh, okay. And trust me, I'm I'm no saint, but my mom raised me right. I tried to do the right thing, and this lady, her kids needed, she just had a hysterectomy me and so we walked over there and I helped make us a soup and it was kind of late and when he gets back 
And as he walks out of her house, he sees there's a police car with their lights on, just like, like a regular cop. They're giving someone a traffic ticket right there. Wes thinks that kind of sucks for that guy. Yeah. But he notices that car. Then he comes around the corner right. to go to turn onto his street. I walk by that undercover car next, and I'm like, something's going on. He noticed the Chevy Impala with two guys sitting in it. Okay. That was yep. not normal. Okay. So Wes is thinking, something's going down, something's up. And he looks, and in front of his house, there are some guys standing in his driveway, talking. And then a minute later, they take off. One takes off running, and the other guys take off running after him. And Wes is like, what? What is happening, not only in my neighborhood, but in my driveway? In my driveway. Okay. Exactly. And and he sees, like, this. there's, like, this light in the guy's hand, and then the light goes flying. It was his phone. Oh, Okay. These guys tackle the guy, just jump him. Okay. Wes goes running into his house saying, Jesse, Jesse, you won't believe it. Some guys. What I said, yeah. Somebody just got tackled in our driveway, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't find Jesse. He looks all over the house. Don't tell me he's the one that was tackled. Yeah. He was. Oh. He was. It hit me when I'm in the house. I'm like, oh my God, Jesse. What have you done? I just locked my door, yeah. You walked over and locked your door? Locked my door, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted nothing to do with it, and I figured Jesse had a relapse and got caught selling dope. Okay. Next thing he knows, there's banging on his door, and it's the police. So then they come through my door. They didn't wait for him to come and open the door. They kicked your door in. Broke the lock, yeah. Okay. And then I'm walking down the steps because I'm annoyed, very much annoyed. Mm Mm-hmm. And I walk down the steps, and I'm just like, you know, in a very polite, calm voice. I said, okay, I won't lie. I said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and they uh, they come over, and they arrest me. Put me in handcuffs, walk me out, put me in the back of their car. And then there was, I don't know, four or five people went in my house. And I probably sit in the back of that car for an hour. And the whole time, these guys are going through my house. And I keep asking them, where's the search warrant? Where's the search warrant? Why are you in my upstairs? Jesse lives in the basement. And you can see them walking by the windows and all this stuff. And they're, they're like, um, we're just um, making sure there's no armed people in the house. Well, for over an hour, they went back in my house, going through everything. You could see what they were doing. There was these whiteout draped over the windows. Yeah. And you could see their shadows, exactly what they were doing. And they spent probably 80% of the time up in my area. Oh, wow. And Jesse was the target. Right. Supposedly. Where is Jesse now? Jesse had been hauled off. Oh, okay. He was already He's arrested. He's been handcuffed, put in a car, zipped. Okay, gone. Officer in the car is probably the only officer through this whole thing that didn't lie through his teeth. He was never rude or anything. But after that, every I, I don't know how many different cops lied on the stand and lied about everything. Yeah, a lot. Wow, I'm sorry. At that time, Judge the city prosecutor and the chief of police were so corrupt and it just went straight down. I mean, they were very much corrupt. They lied about everything constantly. Not just about me, but everybody else. Wow. They were just brutal. That's terrible. They take Wes to jail 
and as they're walking him into jail, he can hear them already in an interrogation room, and they're questioning Jesse, and he can hear Jesse saying, Wes didn't have anything to do with this. And Wes tells Jesse, Yeah, I screamed across the thing, and I tell Jesse, shut your mouth until I can get you a lawyer. Okay? Did Jesse shut up? No, of course not. Uh. He's kind of like my wife. He never listened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's not our job. (laughs) So they charge Wes and Jesse with possession with intent to distribute C4 explosives. Federal charges. Yeah, they took me into an interrogation room, and of course, I'm all shackled up. And they want me to tell them what's going on with Jesse. I tell them I have no idea what's going on. And I keep asking, why were you searching my house without a search warrant? I think you will see that the search warrant got there probably an hour, if not more, hour and a half after I was handcuffed and put in back of the car. And they searched my house the whole time. But of course they denied that. They denied that. Wow. So Because they can't enter the house until the judge signs the order. Right. So this stuff all goes down late at night. Yeah. So at midnight, they have to go get a judge up and wake him up to get him to sign an order. Mm -hmm. That takes time. Okay, so when you have a search warrant and a judge has to sign it, does it also have to be time and dated? Yes. So so if yeah. it so happened we knew. at midnight, it happened at midnight. So we so, knew okay. when the judge signed the order. Okay. Yeah. But they were searching my house from 11 o'clock. It could be a little earlier, just a little bit later. But 11 o'clock on, they tore my house up. Oh, I'm sorry. Then they say that they found C4 up in Wes's bedroom closet. So that's why they charged yeah. Wes with it. What's so funny, so the upstairs where I live, there wasn't a lot of stuff up there. There was a bed, some clothes, my son's Xbox, a TV. Minimalistic. It was, it was, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have searched my whole living quarters up there in about 10 minutes and been through everything. Right. So I didn't know any of this, but I guess there was a total of three blocks or five blocks, something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Later on in the story, you'll find that the block that they found up in my apartment was actually given to those guys by my yeah like a week before it ended up in my house it had been turned in they went to my house and got it we will get into that so when they were interrogating jesse and wes in that first night right and he yelled don't say anything i'll get an attorney yeah okay but Jesse keeps talking. Sure. He's young. He wants to cooperate, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And he's guilty. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be terrified. Yeah, he's so naive. He didn't understand that whatever he said to the cops, that those crooked cops were going to lie and make it more than it was. Jesse had no idea. Right. Right. In this case, there was Ogden PD. So the city police... Federal agents, ATF, sure. which is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms that sure. are involved, and the FBI. Right. And then the U.S. Attorney's Office. Oh, wow. So it is like a full, a, a full force. Death. War against a very, very worthy opponent. Gotcha. If they're willing to lie and cheat, you're really in trouble. Wes keeps saying that they're lying and cheating. At this point, I didn't know that. Right. 
course. I didn't know. You've met I don't him know for what's five true. Minutes, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm just listening to what Wes is telling right. me, and he's telling me how they interviewed Jesse. They interviewed him when they first get interrogated, and I know that's protocol. Right. So okay, great. I'll get those recordings, and he says, "I know that Jesse was saying Wes had nothing to do with this. I heard him saying it. Mm-hmm. So I will get all that stuff. Don't worry, I'll get that in the discovery, which is the evidence the government has. Right. And then I'm going through it. I said, "Okay, so who can I interview that can corroborate what you're telling me? How do I know that what you're saying is true?" And one of the first guys that Wes has tells me to go talk to. He called him Black Mike. Oh, okay. Black Mike was a drug dealer. Oh. Yeah. He was a tough guy. Okay. Because as a drug dealer, you have to be. Yeah, you have to own your corner. And as part of his drug dealing, he had another guy that worked for him that Wes just called Boo. Okay. And so I went. He was really a tough guy. Yeah. Boo would bite people's ears off. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. And he was was a really big guy like Tyson. He was big. Okay. In fact... He really did. He really did look like Mike Tyson. I agree. <laughs> he was Black Mike's enforcer. Gotcha. We all need one. <laughs> right, we do. Yeah. Because Black Mike's, he's kind of a skinny guy. Okay. So the word is that Black Mike, and that's his street name. Yeah. I'm not being disrespectful. That, no. Yeah. You're like, like standing on the corner saying, uh, I need to find, find Black, Black Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's kind of a weird. Right. Yeah. What happened was Jesse was trying to get rid of the C4 because Wes didn't want it in his house, right? Mm-hmm. And Black Mike had dogs. They were a Rottweiler and a big boy. Tough dogs. Yeah, big dogs. So I used to see them running all the time. When Mike and those guys were so broke for Christmas, I bought them some food and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't hold anything against anybody. I just, when they deal with me, I expect them to be honest and don't lie. And Mike and Boo and those guys never caused me any grief. As a matter of fact, Mike showed me all these guys, Paul, Nada, Boo, but Mike probably helped me find more repo cars than anybody else. Wow. You guys had the mutual respect. That's awesome. Right. He was either very nice to me and hit him with a baseball bat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One day before the, all the arrests came down, Jesse said, hey, I'm going to go to Mike's. Come, just ride with me. To Wes. To, to, yeah, he says that's okay. to Wes. And they go to Mike's house. Wes takes the dogs and takes them running and so they can go stretch yeah. their legs. And while he's doing that, Jesse tells Mike, hey, can you hold this for me? And he gives him this package. It's actually like a Polaroid envelope. Okay. And it's not sealed or anything. He says, hey, can you just hold on to this for me? I'll come back and get it later. Well, these guys are all, like, Black Mike and Jesse, they're using dealing, so they know it's, like, no good. So Mike is always working in his driveway. He fixes cars. Oh, okay. He's always fixing cars. Oh, okay. So So, he's a mechanic. Yeah, so he's kind of a mechanic. Okay. I don't think he made a living at it or anything, but he would fix cars. Uh Yes. Okay. So Jesse gives him, Wes didn't, did you know that he'd given him anything that day, Wes? So Mike puts this envelope in his shed. Okay. He doesn't have a garage, but he doesn't does have even a know shed. What it is. No one at this time knows what it is as far as you or Wes. Wes does. Jesse does. Je- Jesse knows. Wes doesn't know he has it right. with him. Okay. Jesse and Mike talk. You know, like I said, I had no clue Jesse even had that with him. The, 
I told Jesse, make sure he gave that back because the way everything was going, that made him a terrorist. Oh. And he was going to be I did four and a half years in the Marine Corps. And uh-huh. the way everything was going, I was like, that's going to make you a terrorist. Jesse, you will go away for a long time. Get rid of it. And he swore up and down he did. Okay. Perfect. So that was a couple weeks before, I think, um, this went down over at uh, Mike's house. Let me explain. Just explain a little bit for everyone about C4 explosives. Yes. Yeah, there were explosives and they can kill people, but they are about the most stable explosive there is. So true. Because you have to have the detonation caps. Right. You can drop them, nothing, Mm -hmm. you can drop the clay, nothing happens. You can actually take a gun and shoot the clay and nothing will happen. It has to have the detonation caps. Good to know. Actually, you to start campfires. When you're in the service, you can break off a little piece and it's highly flammable and you can put it under there, light it, and it'll warm up your MRE soup. Right. Gotcha. But it won't explode. Right. So it's it's right. truly about the most stable, stable. explosive mm-hmm. that there is. Now describe what it looks like. I think I've seen it before and it reminded me of like a brick of ceramic clay. Yep. So people who use it are so good with it because you can actually shape a charge right. so it blows the way you want it. Gotcha. And it takes an electrical surge to blow the cap, which blows that. Okay. <laughs> Give it to farmers and stuff to remove trees. Exactly. And That's where I've that seen it. So Wes is still in custody. Mm-hmm. I'm investigating learning this stuff. So I said, finding these people. The first guy I go try to interview is Black Mike. He has this little fence around his yard, and there's a sign on the fence that says, Beware of Dog. I thought, I wonder if that's true or not. Before I go to the door, I rattle the fence to see if the dog's going to come, and two dogs came running and just barking viciously. I would have been over the hood of the car and in my car. Oh my, uh-huh. my heart was pet Like, I jumped oh, so bad I, because... I'm serious. I would have been back in the car so fast. Yeah. And big, scary dogs. Yeah. I thought, I really need to talk to him, but I can't get past yeah, no. these dogs yeah. to get through the door. No. Mike must have been watching to see that I was scared because he came from around the corner of the shed laughing. Uh-huh. I'm Pamela. I'm a private investigator. I'm working on Wes's case, work for the defense, and I want to talk to you. Do you have some information for me about this? And he really didn't want to talk to me. I don't know if he was just curious or what, but I convinced him to talk to me. Sure you did. <laughs> sure I did. That's one of your strengths. I said, hey, I understand that Jesse brought this package and left it for you just weeks before the, all the bust from the feds came down. And he said, yeah. And I said, what'd you do with it? And he said, well... As soon as he drove off, I looked in it because I thought there might be some weed in there. And I said, was there weed? And he said, no, it was just like kids clay or something. Yeah, putty. He said, I just closed it up and then I put duct tape on it. Well, I knew the package in evidence had duct tape on it. And so I said, oh, you're the person that put duct tape on it. Because I had asked Wes, was there duct tape on it when you saw it? There wasn't. Did you put duct tape on it? Do you have duct tape at your house? Mm-hmm. Wes had so few things at his house. He's like, I actually didn't Minimalist. have any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have any duct tape. So where did the duct tape come from? Now I have Mike telling me I put the duct tape on there. Yeah. I said, so you had it for a while. Then who came and got it? And he tells me the feds came and got it. I'm like, Wait, what? How would they have known that Mike had it? Exactly. And I said, Wait a minute. 
You're telling me the feds came and got it? And didn't arrest From you, it? and they didn't... Exactly. Yeah. You have possession of C4 explosives, and they don't say, get your hands behind your back, get in the car, we're taking you? Yeah. That makes no sense, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know how the feds work? And then he's second-guessing himself, and he's like, yeah, I know, but yeah, they just took it, which made me immediately suspicious. Either he's not telling the truth, or... Something's fishy. They were working with him to get someone else. Wes. Wes. So Jesse told Paul and Nada where it was. That it was at Mike's yeah. house? Okay. Yeah. And trust me on this, Mike can say whatever he wants, but I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure. Mike being the dope yeah. dealer, Jesse yeah. was seeing if he could move it for him. He knew exactly what it was. He yeah. did. Yeah. He did. I agree. He just didn't have a market for it at that time. That's why he still had it three weeks later. I go back and I tell Wes, yeah, I interviewed Black Mike, Mm -hmm. and this is what he says. And there was a statement on the record from Boo. His real name was Andrew. Okay. And, And I had asked Black Mike about Andrew. I said, hey, isn't he your enforcer? And he's like, what? I'm like, Boo? He didn't. I said, Andrew? And he literally did not know his real name. I said, Boo. And he said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know, Boo. We, we've done some work. It's hard to be a thug on the street with the name Andrew. <laughs> I was thinking it would be hard to be a thug named Boo. I don't yeah. think anyone would say that to yeah. him. It's yeah. like telling Mike Tyson his voice is too high. You're oh, not yeah. going to do <laughs> yeah, it. Okay, true. <laughs> Boo had actually been part of the Black Panther gang oh, in okay. California. He'd served some time in prison for his involvement in the gang, for mm-hmm. stuff that he'd done with them. And he came to Utah for a fresh start. We believe that the feds went to Boo's door and to get a statement. They were really, really, they wanted Wes. So they come to Boo's door and say they need a statement from him about the C4. And he says he doesn't want to talk because those guys don't talk. They're gangsters. Right up until they said, if you don't cooperate with us, we're going to throw your mom in jail. Because we have her on, like, just some minor stuff, shoplifting and Mm -hmm. things like that. But still, that's... That's your mom. That's your mom. Next thing we know, he gives a statement that Wes had come over to the house with C4. Oh. And Wes is like, what? That never happened. Go talk to Boo. He'll tell you. He might tell you the truth. I'm on my way to go interview Boo. And then did you just go that same day or was it a different day? I didn't know where Boo lived yet, okay. for sure. And mm-hmm. before I did that, talking to Wes, and I was telling him, hey, I can't find these recordings. You say that you were recorded, and I can't find them in the evidence. Are you sure that they were recorded? Wes swears, not only were they recording the night of the interrogations of me and Jesse, mm-hmm. they re-interviewed me later, many times. Right. And so there should be a lot of interviews. And you can't find any? I can't find them. So I call Corey and I say, hey, I'm looking through all this evidence. I can't find any of these recordings of the interrogations. And Corey said, I know, it's really weird they don't have them. And I said, no, no, no. You can't. No. (laughs) Right. No, 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 no. That's what I thought. By this time, we'd already been through a suppression hearing. Every officer that got up there denied there was ever a recording. And Judge Kimball kept correcting every single one, not just one, not just two, but every single ATF, FBI, they know you just said this and now you're saying this, and then they would change their story over and over. And at that time, my lawyer was like Perry Mason. He was just slamming them. Uh And I'm thinking, this is 
Let me just explain what a suppression hearing is. Remember how we said that they were searching the house before yes. they had a warrant? Yes. We absolutely believe we have timestamps we could prove that they were already all over that house and they had found... Illegally. Yes, illegally. So, Corey, he filed a motion for a suppression hearing, meaning that all the evidence that they found illegally... Before that timestamp. Yep, before the warrant. Anything they find before the warrant is tossed out. Okay. Which means their evidence. All their oh, evidence. Yeah. So had we been had he been successful, because I wasn't part of the case at that time. Gotcha. Had he been successful on the suppression hearing, the whole thing would be tossed out. Oh. Okay. So was the judge trying to figure out the story? Get your story straight, because this is a bunch of crap. Or was he trying to help guide it? He constantly corrected them of what they had just said. At that time, there had only been one recording of me, and that was the recording when I walked in in shackles, and you can hear the chains. Ugh. They sit me down, and, then, and I think I'm going home. They have nothing on me. I just got caught up in a bad thing. They're, you know what? This is what happened. Just tell us the truth. And then called me a liar. And you can hear me slide the chair back, stand up, you can hear the chains. And I tell him, call me a liar again, and I'll knock you on your punk, prissy, federal ass. That's <laughs> all I said to him. All of a sudden, he's like, guard, guard, violence. I mean, screaming like a sissy lala. And they come in, of course, and they take me away. Then I go for, in the federal system, they have pre-trial release. There's no bail. You either get released or you stay locked down. And the three, four, five people before me, they were like drug on drug on drug on violence. They get released. The next person's drug on drug on drug, released. The next person's drug on drug on auto theft, released. They bring me up. And I have one class A misdemeanor on my whole record. Uh-huh. And they call me a menace to society <gasps> and lock me down. Yeah, I was a menace to society. Wow. It just released other people. It was, yeah. Horrifying. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah, and then Kimball, his ruling was, when I have all these officers saying the same thing, and I'm like, no, no, they did say the same thing. They each kept changing their story. I said the same thing. He says, I got to believe the officers. And he locked me down and held me on for trial. Wow. So when I met Wes, he had been in federal prison for... If wow. we don't have a federal prison, does that mean he was in the federal... Where was he? Holding. I was down in Cedar City where they hold the convicted federal people that are waiting to get transported to Denver or into Colorado. Gotcha. Okay. And then we got a new yeah. trial, so they, we didn't want him to go far away. So right. then they brought him to Salt Lake to the halfway house. To the halfway house. house. Okay. So Wes was actually in federal custody for 17 months. Oh, wow. Which okay. means that he lost all that time with his kids, his job, yeah. his, Your his life. life. Your his life, life stopped. Right. Yeah. So I'm telling Corey, there are a bunch of recordings that are missing. Wes is telling me that they all recorded all this stuff. I can't find it. Corey. He says, I can't either. I've never been able to find it. It's weird. I said, do you mind if I follow through with it? And he said, yeah, go ahead. So I first called Detective. He was the lead detective on the case. I asked him. Hey, Sam? Yeah. Sam, before you go on, let me just make this perfectly clear because I want everybody to understand this. After Kimball made his ruling, my lawyer 
gave up on me. Sold me out. He allowed people to come talk to me without him present. Oh. Blah, 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 blah. In the trial that I got convicted, everything was going our way. Everything. And the prosecutor gets up and gets his closing argument, and he just made up BS. I mean, he, he basically made me sound like a rapo child beater, blah, 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 blah. Stuff had nothing to do with the trial. Oh, wow. And they were all lies, and I kept saying, he's lying, he's lying. That never happened, and Randy kept telling me to be quiet. It didn't matter. He never put up an objection or anything. Oh, I'm At sorry. At that time, God, I thought I was going away for 10 years. The, the people who heard the evidence, the U.S. Marshals and stuff, when they were taking me back to the cell, they were like, you're going home today. And I was like, no, nope. if they listen to his closing argument, I'm going to jail for a very long time. And like I said, that closing argument was a 100% lie. I, I think the only proof in there is when he called me Mr. Odinger. Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely brutal that my lawyer would allow that to go on. Wow. So when I first met Pam, I knew I'd be okay. I mean, she's the one who, everything good that's happened to me since this trial, I, I'm not even angry about the jail time, all those liars, any of that, because I got Pam out of the deal. Yes. So, and again, she might be little, she might be small. She's fierce. Ferocious. I love her. I know. <laughs> I'm going to hire her. Thank you. <laughs> I'm paying her a dollar right now to hold her on retainer. <laughs> That's a private eye tip that I need to stick in here really quick. Private eye tip number four. Yes. Be really careful about the attorneys that you have. Make sure your attorney is going to work hard for you. And that's the really tricky part because you don't really know until you see them in action. And sometimes, like Wes is saying, and Corey, he's a great lawyer. It's the suppression hearing. Like he said, man, he was like Perry Mason. He was amazing. But he got defeated at that. And I think he really was defeated defeated and frustrated. Yeah. So he kind of lost a lot of his fire. So... Thankfully, I had a bunch of it to go around. So yeah. I called the lead investigator and said, I need these recordings. I left him a voice message. He didn't respond. I waited. So I called the head U.S. attorney. Okay. And I said, I didn't know Mr. <laughs> I'd never worked with him before, mm-hmm. against him before. Yeah. I explained who I was. I said, I need these recordings as part of the discovery. I've left a message with the lead detective. I haven't heard back from him. And he said, oh, sure, let me get it for you and I'll get back to you. I wait a couple weeks. In the meantime, I'm still investigating. Two weeks pass. I call him back again. And I said, Mr. Lowe, this is Pamela again. I'm trying to get a hold of that evidence. And he said, well, you know, I talked to Detective And he said that they did start recording, but then the recorder broke. And I was like, no, what? No, 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 no. What? And then this case should be over. Right. Because they're not protecting Wes and they're not protecting the police. You can't do that. Right. I said, are you kidding me? You're telling me. So the recorder broke and they're just like, oh, this, I guess it broke. Sorry, and there's not, Charlie. they didn't, yeah, they didn't go look for another uh-uh. recorder. And there was not one other recorder in the whole police station. Or a battery. Yeah. Like nothing. And, and he said, yeah. And I said, you know what? This, I, I don't believe it. And he said, well, you know what? Between you and I, all the witnesses in this case are liars. 
And I was stunned. Right. As I think back on it now, having had some time to, to step away from sure. it, I actually think the prosecutor was trying to befriend me to mm-hmm. say, like, hey, you and I are on the same side. These guys are all kind of dirtbags. They're yeah, all liars. Just do what you have to do. But right. This I is think, going down this way I anyway. think that's what he was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, come on our side. And instead I said, what? Like, hey, speak for yourself and your own witnesses. Yeah. My witnesses are telling the truth. And they were recorded. And I need those recordings. And I think you guys are withholding them. And I'm going to prove it. And he said, yeah, that's your job. It's your job to prove it. I said, yeah, it is, and I do it well. Yeah. And with that, we hung up. And I, my heart started pounding, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have just threatened a federal prosecutor. (laughs) (laughs) Are they coming for me? Are they coming? I literally, my my next phone call was to my attorney to say, I just kind of threatened a federal prosecutor, and he's really mad at me. And do I need to work? I might be audited and all kinds of stuff from the right. feds now. Uh-huh. Will you please, please be my lawyer? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was scared. Yeah. But I was also really, really pissed off mm-hmm. about what they were doing. Right. You have got to hear the end of this and how everything blows up in this case like nothing I've ever experienced. Listen to parts two and three to hear the conclusion. Thanks for listening to Pamela Private Eye.